0: It's the second Sunday of Advent, and last week, Pastor Jason talked about a vision of peace from the prophet Isaiah. The prophet spoke of shaping swords into plowshares, a world where instruments of war would be used to grow and provide food to share. It was a vision that gave Isaiah's listeners stuck in exile hope for the future, the same vision that Mary just read in Isaiah about a total reversal of the order of things. There would be peace. Peace peace on earth. It was a vision that also gave hope to first century Jews who were praying and waiting for deliverance from Roman oppression. Isaiah's words would have been well known to Mary, the mother of Jesus. And today we hear her voice proclaiming the good news that was happening then and there within her own life. Listen now for God's word from the gospel of Luke chapter one verses 39 to 56. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. O God of persevering hope, God of impossible peace, God of defiant joy, God of utmost love, meet us here in this word and in this season. Speak into our weary hearts the strength that we need. Quiet the distractions within and without. In and through this, your holy word, shape us into the people you dreamt of at creation. Amen. So this story, historically called The Visitation, happened right after the Annunciation, Mary's encounter with the angel Gabriel, who brought her a life-altering invitation. Mary had uttered her courageous, yes, her, let it be with me according to your word, and accepted the fact that she would bear and nurture the Savior of the people of Israel. It was a defining moment in her life, a fork in the road, an event that would affect the rest of her days. We have all known moments like that receiving the kind of news that takes your breath away, the kind of news that drops to the bottom of your stomach. It's, it's the, the biopsy came back and it's cancer kind of news. It's the yes, I will marry you kind of news. It's the plus sign on a pregnancy test. It's the heavy envelope from that school you applied to. It's the I took the position. It's the I want to be more than friends. It's the I can't do this anymore kind of news good or bad, exciting or terrifying or a bit of both, there are ordinary moments in our lives and then there are extraordinary ones that come sandwiched between those ordinary moments. And when these events happen, our first instinct often is to reach out to a close loved one. If you've ever made or received a middle-of-the-night phone call or sent or received a text that says, emergency, call me, you know what that feels like. And in some cases, our loved ones seem to just know what we're going to say before we can say it. Our text today tells us that Mary went with haste to her relative Elizabeth's house. And in a time before texts and phone calls and emails, when a sent message would take too long to be received and returned, this was the equivalent. You showed up unannounced on someone's doorstep. A ball of all kinds of emotions... Mary was reaching out to her loved one to say, "Uh, so, so this happened in my life. Perhaps Mary also went with haste because the angel had told her that Elizabeth, barren for so long and now carrying a child, would be a sign confirming Mary's own news. I imagine that when Mary called out for Elizabeth and saw her walking toward her visibly pregnant, she thought, wow, what the angel said was true. It wasn't a dream. I wasn't hallucinating. This is real. It's actually happening. Now, on the other end of the story, before now, Elizabeth has not been given any word that her relative Mary would carry and raise the Savior of the world. We can assume in this story that Mary was not visibly pregnant. And we don't know what Mary's words of greeting were. But we do know that the Holy Spirit brought instant understanding to Elizabeth. In the face of Mary's excitement and fear, Elizabeth responds with blessing and with joy. Blessed are you among women, the mother of my Lord has come to me. In the same way that the Holy Spirit sometimes helps us to just know what's going going on when someone reaches out to us, the Holy Spirit filled Elizabeth's heart and she knew. When Elizabeth blessed Mary, she named two significant truths. The first was that Mary had received a gift in this event. And the second was that Mary's faith, her let it be with me, was something to be celebrated. Blessed by God are you among women, that's what she said. What a blessing it is to be invited to be a part of the redemption of the world. What a blessing it is to embark on the wild, hard, and wondrous journey that is carrying and nurturing a child. What a blessing it is to hold a new life in your womb. Elizabeth noticed and named the gifts that Mary had been given. And then Elizabeth said, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Elizabeth interpreted Mary fleeing Nazareth to come and see her, not as Mary doubting and seeking external validation. For Elizabeth, Mary coming to see her, coming to share this momentous news, was evidence of Mary's faith and her courage. In response to this blessing, Mary burst into song. It says that Mary said, but it's actually a song, and she sang a song of victory like her ancestors had sung before her. Miriam on the other side of the Red Sea after the Exodus. Hannah after sensing God's presence during her lament for a child. Jael and Deborah on and on. Throughout scripture, women were often the ones who led the people in Israel in triumphant song. Now, one of the things that's interesting about Mary's song is that most of it is in the past tense. And I will not for you, with all the scholars that say all these different things about why it might be in the past tense when something was happening in her life right then. If the child she carried would bring all those things to pass in the future, then why did she speak about them as if they were already accomplished? There's all kinds of theories about that, but what I want to focus on today is what was it about the interaction between Elizabeth and Mary? that served as the catalyst for this strange and incredible assertion that those things had already happened. When we are in the midst of a significant life change or a particularly hard season, I don't know if this resonates with you, but for me, I know it feels like all margin evaporates. Our worlds get very, very small. All we can focus on is the next meal, the next day, the next potential reprieve. I know a lot of us have been dealing with a lot of sickness this fall, my own included. (laughs) They are home with a new cold today. And whether it's sickness or an immense loss or some big change, there's no room, there's no space for reflection or gratitude or hope. And we often feel this deep lack of agency as if we have no choice but to just keep going, even when the weariness and the fear feel heavy. There's no Room, there's no space to notice the provisions that have sustained us, to see that thread of how God has already been working and continues to work in our lives. Mary received the news of her pregnancy and agreed to move forward with it, but I imagine that she still felt like the walls were closing in. What in the world would she tell her family? Would anyone believe her? What if Joseph divorced her? How would they survive? Not to mention all the questions that come with just becoming pregnant as a normal human. And I wonder how much agency she felt in that moment with the angel. So she went with haste to Elizabeth, longing for a safe place where she could be cared for by someone who was also experiencing something miraculous and life changing. And Elizabeth blessed her. And there is something that shifts when we give or receive a blessing. There's a space that opens. There's a big difference between saying a casual, like, have a good day, and a more formal, may your day be filled with goodness. The writer John O'Donohue has this to say about the nature of blessing. Our longing for the eternal kindles our imagination to bless. Bless. Regardless of how we configure the eternal, the human heart continues to dream of a state of wholeness, a place where everything comes together, where loss will be made good, where damage will be made whole, where the clenched question will open in the house of surprise, where the travails of life's journey will enjoy a homecoming. To invoke a blessing is to call some of that wholeness upon a person now. The blessing that Elizabeth gave Mary opened up space. It gave her breathing room. It named for her that God was at work in her life. And in that moment, perhaps Mary took her first deep breath since her encounter with the angel. In that moment, Mary was given just enough space to reflect on what had just happened to her, And in that space of reflection, she started making connections. She could see and name what God had done in the past for her ancestors, for her, and she could see and name how that work would continue in the life of the child she was carrying. Mary was able to live in the tension of the already and the not yet. And this past tense that she used, the mighty one has done great things for me, it was different than saying the mighty one did great things for me. Did versus has done. Has done, there's an ongoing connotation to that phrasing that God's great things are not yet over, but they've already begun. The season of Advent is designed to make this kind of space in our lives. It's designed to slow us down. We only light one new candle a week, and the light grows and grows until Christmas. The scriptures that we explore together shape the context into which Jesus was born, but we don't rush to the manger. Naming that context helps us to slow down. It invites us to notice what we're still waiting for, what we're still longing for as we try and trust in the one who provides for us. Even worship itself is designed to make this kind of space for us in our lives from week to week. We pray prayers aloud together to give ourselves the language to reflect. We sing songs together. We practice giving away our resources together. All of those things make space. They connect us with people and community outside of ourselves. They help us to reflect and notice where God is at work. Perhaps you're already sensing the problem of Advent coinciding with this time of year. Our culture doesn't really observe Advent. Our culture observes the holiday season, which begins earlier and earlier every year. And the holiday season is fast-paced and jam-packed with parties and gift exchanges and elves on shelves and cookie-making and decorating all the things to make things feel special and there's nothing wrong, right, with any of those things. Of course, it's fun to exchange gifts. It's fun to decorate cookies. It's, it can be joy-filled to observe this season in this way. But if you're someone who's gotten life-altering news, if you've made a huge change, if you're struggling or sick or just more aware of your limitations right now, all of that can feel like pressure. It can pull us away from the actual gifts of the season of Advent, the gifts of stillness and reflection, the gifts of learning to notice hope, peace, joy, and love. The good news for those of us who are feeling like all the circumstances of our lives are crowding out any space in which to see God at work is that our church gives us rhythms and ways to do that entering worship with intention, asking God to make the space that you need, God is faithful to provide. And as we close, though, I want to offer one more practice that we can use to try and find the spaciousness that we need. Lectio Divina is a way of reading scripture slowly and repeatedly that makes space for the Holy Spirit to bring words or phrases to our attention. And a similar practice is called Visio Divina that it's using images. It involves getting still and looking at a piece of artwork and noticing what sticks out to us. So we're going to do just a little bit of this together today. And I'd like you to get your bulletin out and look at the cover. I'm going to ask three questions. And in between each question, we'll just have some stillness. I'll keep time so we won't last forever, I promise. The art on the cover of the bulletin was created with this story of Elizabeth and Mary in mind. So holding that scripture, holding this image, I invite you to just think about what comes to mind as I ask these questions. What is the first thing you notice? Where in this image do you notice space? Where in your life do you long to feel God drawing close to you? Please pray with me. Loving God, be with us in this season. Help us to hold in tension the realities of hardship and joy. In the face of that tension, bring us your peace, as only you can do. May we find you in the moments of stillness, in between the moments of persevering. Amen. Amen.